Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And joining us today, we have a first-time guest who we are thrilled to welcome. Guest, tell the listeners who you are. I am Jared Fairclough from MuppetMindset.com. We've, we've, Muppet we've, Mindset? Those guys? Yeah, we've come together. It's, it's a lovely little bit of uh, is it sisterhood, brotherhood, whatever you want to call it. Like sure. That. Muppet Mindset, our friendly competition or our bitter rivals, depending on how, uh, how you know, depending on the day uh, of the week. We use we the call them br- a lot. <laughs> we call them brand ek. Anyways. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, so and Jared is here to discuss minutes 69 and 70 of The Great Muppet Caper. In these minutes, Miss Piggy continues her water ballet fantasy, culminating in Kermit and Nikki's dueling serenades. So uh, usually on the show, we kind of go through everything that happens chronologically, but I want to take, um, appro- take a little looser approach to the water ballet because m- that's most of these minutes are... This, the synchronized choreography of the water ballet. Lots of swimming. Uh, a lot of swimming. And uh, we, we should say that the swimmers here are a, an outfit called Charky's Water Ballet, which <laughs> sounds kind of like Sharky and kind of like Charlie, but is neither of those things. Yeah, well, I wasn't sure, actually. Is it is it Charky or Sharky? In the closing credits, it's Charky with a CH. Right, but you, you think that's how it's pronounced? I mean, I would think so. Why would he it would be... probably spell it Sharky if he wanted it to be pronounced Sharky. Uh, Who's although speaking of sharks, uh, one of the swimmers here is Susan Backliney, who is the first victim in the movie Jaws. Whoa, professional swimmer, and she was uh, part of the Sharky's water ballet, and she gets eaten at the beginning of Jaws. So those are her two big claims to fame. I well, she's probably hoping it's Sharky's because I don't think she wants to think about Sharky's while she's in water again, does she? Probably not. Yeah. Although uh, she she did reprise her role at the beginning of 1941, where she ends up on top of a submarine instead of eaten by a shark. <laughs> Good for her. What so, a career. <laughs> yeah, the the three iconic films, Jaws, Great Muppet Caper, and 1941. So the, the Charkies sing, uh, swimmers are the ones from England? Because it was a combination of swimmers from Los Angeles and London. I guess so. I would guess so. Okay, They yeah, I just have in my notes that they flew in a water choreographer that was Charky Phillips, and then... 12 swimmers from Los Angeles, and they also had, I think, six swimmers from London. Okay. Well, if they flew in the choreographer, then probably the people who came with him would be the Charlie's yeah. water belt. Like, yeah, so he's so, and, a guy from L.A. And I, and I would guess that the actress from Jaws is L.A.-based, you know, a that film shot in California. Would think, unless, she's, yeah. unless she's from Amity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it is really impressive. I mean, you say there are 19 swimmers here? Uh, 18. 18 swimmers. Yeah. And I like, I was trying to count how many I could see in one shot at any given time. And it looked to me like 15 at the end, but I, I, this wasn't the highest quality print either. So, well, they're often 18. all over the frame too. Like there's some, some on the side and some diving or some doing some trick underwater. So yeah, they make good use of them here. Right. Now, do you think yeah. the water, during this was chlorinated. And I asked, are you, I asked yeah. that because at one point we see the singers underwater with their eyes open, you know, singing. And I've been in water that's chlorinated and it hurts your eyes, like it stings your eyes. Yeah. But they're, you know, 
their eyes are wide open. It doesn't look like there's any pain at all. So I'm wondering whether or not, you know, for the sake of a week or however long it took to uh, record this, they bothered chlorinating the water. You know, that's, that's really a good question. And I would guess no, based on that. Cause yeah, those, those ladies are smiling. Like they <laughs> seem delighted to be underwater singing. There is an entry from the Jim Henson's Red Book blog that I don't have in front of me, but I got a lot of my notes from it. Um, It has a memo written by the choreographer of the movie, Anita Mann, about some of the needs for the the swimmers. Okay, here, I just found it. Um, She specifies a chemical called pool clear as a substitute for chlorine. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I don't know exactly what pool clear does and how it compares to chlorine but it sounds like it it was not actually chlorine well there you go there you go um so i wanted to talk about just kind of what are everyone's favorite visual gags in this sequence because for me it's got to be the part where four women are forming a square and swim like circus swimming in a circular fashion and then two other women swim through that circle like, which is remarkable to me. Yeah, that's not even like it's not even funny, really. It's just really impressive to see that. Right, right. And then, of course, you feel like Piggy is going to swim through it next. Like they've set us up to believe that Miss Piggy will be swimming through, but then she just swims up from the bottom of the frame because she's a puppet, which is funny. Yeah, it would be difficult for her to swim through that that square of swimmers. I wonder if they made it. See Frank Oz behind her. Well, I wonder if they made it now, if they utilize almost like an underwater green screen sort of thing. Almost like you remember the 2015 series when Miss Piggy sang that "I'm Sorry" song, and was like, you know, up and walking around. You know, you're sort of full bodied, and obviously Eric Jacobson's behind her in green screen. But if they do something similar, or if they'd almost make it a little more animatronic, like. Almost like an underwater drone that they could control. Right. They yeah. might be able to make a more advanced, like remote control swimming piggy now. Right. But I actually, but I think there's a lot of charm in, you know, this clip because it's so manually done. Right. For sure. Like you think well, about almost pretty much every time you see piggy in this two minutes, there's Frank Oz has to be somewhere. So it's finding different ways to hide him. And, you know, I read somewhere that, you know, they had to rig up a special, you know, system so that he could breathe in his scuba gear without the bubbles coming up. Huh. Yeah. So basically what they did, um, he is at the bottom of the pool. Um, I've read that he uh, was wearing weighted shoes. I've also read that he was wearing a weighted belt. I don't know if it's one or the other or both. But... um so he's at the bottom of the pool. He has a monitor and speakers so he can see and hear what's happening. And, oh, he's wearing um, a wetsuit, a face mask, and a bathing cap, all painted the color of the pool. So that the camera, like, in-, in case the camera happens to catch him, so then he'll blend in. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a diver holding an air hose underwater. So at the end of a take, the diver would give Frank the hose so he could breathe between takes. And then as soon as they called action, he would stop breathing, hand the hose back and then start performing piggy again. So Frank Oz is wearing weighted shoes, a weighted belt and relying on somebody else to bring him air. Yes. I I have horrible anxiety just thinking about that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, that is dedication. If I have to think 
I don't know. We know the the performers are very um, attached to their characters, and and Frank especially is very into like the you know he is the person who knows the most about Piggy, so he's the best person to perform her at any given time. But if if I were faced with this situation, I might say. Yeah, you know, maybe you guys can get somebody else to do this part. Right, she doesn't say anything. That's true. It, it like, wouldn't have to be him. Right. But I but like you say, I think he really did consider and anything that Piggy's going to do, he wants to do it, right? right. It like, has to like, be Frank what, Oz to be like, the like, real that's Piggy. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's impressive watching it because yes, she's underwater and she doesn't do a ton, but her personality comes across in every single look that she gives the camera. Right. Yeah, oh true. yeah. When that when that goldfish swims by and she's yes. like looking at the goldfish, that's great. That's so piggy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna name that as one of my favorite gags here. But yeah, just every little head tilt, every just every yeah, every move here just feels like piggy. So yeah, there's something to that. Yeah. Well so, sorry to step on your favorite gag, Ryan. No, no, I have I mean, it's not my only favorite gag. So what else then? Let's let's go let's go to the next one. Um so I like that there is a shot where there are bubbles coming out of Piggy's nose. Yeah. How, so how did they do that? Do we know? I think there was just another, um, like some other kind of hose underwater that was spewing air out. Sure. To, to come out her nose. Um, and then um, I just like the, the underwater harp player. Yeah. That's great. It, again, it's not like, it doesn't quite make you laugh out loud, but <laughs> it's just kind of a, uh, a funny, amusing, charming touch. I don't think you can play a harp underwater. I, I don't, you know, I've, I've never tried. I think tried. we're going to have to get the Mythbusters onto that. Yeah, yeah, they should. Are the Mythbusters still around? I mean, they're uh, both alive, so we could we could hire them. Let's bring them back. They should, to, they should have done a Muppet special. They should have. I'm sure yeah. there are enough things they could have come up with. And then there's a shot where... Um, and Adam Savage is a well-known Muppet fan. He interviewed Frank Oz on his podcast. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's a big fan of all things Muppet and Henson. So he'd probably do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's a, another shot where a bunch of swimmers um, kind of just... I don't know what... If I knew more about swimming, I could tell you what stroke they're doing. But they're... They're swimming past the camera and they have their legs in the air. And then as the camera pans over, you just see Piggy's legs sort of twisting and then slowly slowly sinking under the water. That's so funny. I love that. Yeah. So those are my favorite gags. So anything else that you would say, Jared? I really love Charles Grodin when we see the um, the little, you know, him up in the right-hand corner. He is like just cheesing it up something chronic right well and i love that because really that's kind of an awkward device right like we need to see charles groden because we need to know that it's nikki because it doesn't sound like nikki right like right right. the only way that we would know it's him singing is that if we see charles groden singing right i mean that's a big joke is that reveal because you first you hear this dramatic operatic voice and then after a minute or two of that, you see Nikki's face pop up. Right. So w- what I'm saying is, is it more forced or just funnier that instead of seeing Nikki like off to the side, we just see this little like picture in picture of Nikki? Because to me, it feels like not the most natural thing, but it's also really funny. So I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Right. It has to be that little bit of awkward sort of because he's looking at her, but he's clearly not looking at her. 
He's almost looking right. past her because they've shot it separately. But hmm. like I said, he's hamming it up and there's one particular moment uh, I have written down, you know, I think he says when he's saying a dream come true, he does this weird little head movement. Yeah. And I don't know why it made me laugh so much, but he almost gives himself whiplash. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah, it's so dramatic. It is. It's really just, you know, Jim's obviously just told him, right, just dial this to 11. <laughs> and that's For exactly sure. what he's done. Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's this is all in Piggy's mind. So it can be, it can be whatever they want it to be. Um, so Anthony, I'm just wondering what, how else would you envision them uh, doing this thing with Nikki? Like stand him standing off on the side of the pool yeah, singing? Yeah. Like Piggy looks over, you know, when she's up on her fountain or something, she looks yeah. over and here's Nikki holiday, like walking towards her, you know, walking on water or something. I mean, oh, I think you could, been, you, could yeah. do, you could do a gag like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I hadn't but even instead about we that. just, instead we just get this little, um, like, Hey everybody, this is who it is. It's Nick. Right. Here's here's a picture of like here's Bell's magic mirror and it has Nikki <laughs> in it, you know? Well, yeah, it works for me. No, me too. I, I and again, this is nothing that had ever occurred to me. This is right. one of the problems maybe with doing a podcast like this. <laughs> start I start overthinking everything. Why did they do that? But another thing is so this is Piggy's fantasy, right? Right. Yeah. Is Piggy attracted to Nikki Holiday? Because most of their scenes together would imply that she is not. But she's thinking about him during her fantasy sequence. Hmm. Maybe she's just sort of... I I don't know. Like, maybe she just likes any attention? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that does sound like Piggy. Maybe he's just buried into a subconscious. Yeah, that's possible, too. Yeah, it's you just, can't control who you dream about. Although this is more of a this is more of a daydream, but it's like a daydream. And I mean, like the last time we saw them, he's like very aggressive towards her, and yeah. she's basically saying, "Get away from me, you creep!" And now she's like <laughs> fantasizing about him serenading her. You know, it's weird. Yeah, it's piggy, that, but it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Hmm. But anyways, uh, anything else about about Charles Grodin before we move on to the next big event in this sequence? So Charles Grodin sings and then Kermit appears. Right. But I didn't want to talk about Kermit yet because before Kermit appears, animatronic piggy rises out of the pumpkin patch like Snoopy on top of a (laughs) fountain as the music swells. And animatronic piggy looks super awkward. Okay. So I was wondering, and I might just have to go watch that clip again. Is it animatronic? Because I thought maybe those, you know, that big fountain of water is there specifically to hide, you know, Frank. Yeah, I mean, you think so? Because she looks so stiff to me. Like, she well, she doesn't move like a puppet. Hmm. Right, and she I doesn't wonder, move like the person who jumps down in a moment either, you know? No, but I wonder if that is in order to, you know, not uh, to hide Frank, but also, you know, to hide. Obviously, there's a giant mechanism that's lifting her up. Right. You don't want her moving around too much. It obviously has to be quite thin. So if it is Frank, he might just have a very limited amount of yeah, That could be true. That could definitely be true. It's hard to tell because she's basically just moving her head from side to side, which could be done with an animatronic or it could be a puppeteer making yeah. her move her head side to side. I don't know. I mean, again, a puppeteer I'm... with limited range of motion. Right. 
Although, like Jared, you mentioned the the giant fountain. Um, how tall do we think that thing is? Because it looks massive to me. Well, I mean, I've got it in front of me now, and it has to be at least maybe fifteen feet. Yeah, that's about what I was thinking. Yeah, it looks at least twice as tall as the swimmers who are standing next to the pool. Right, right. As it rises, so so whether there's a person in it or not, it's it's clearly like enormous. I mean, it's such a big under. So, like, yeah, definitely, it's holding a bunch of mechanisms in there somewhere. It is, but just looking at, I've just played this now while we've been talking, and usually with the animatronics, there's quite jerky movement in them. Mm-hmm. Piggy moves a little bit too fluid for it to be animatronic. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I'm wondering, yeah, if that's Frank. So, so you it. think Frank is in there? Yeah, that so, might yeah. be right. But he's just he's just surrounded by a torrent of water. Correct. So he's not doing his most subtle work. Yeah. I, I do actually have something about the the shot where she first emerges from the water with the sparklers on her head. Yes. Um, this was okay. something that Frank Oz talked about when he made an appearance at the Museum of the Moving Image a few years ago. Um, that shot led to a particularly painful incident. Um, so he was in the pool, and then it was the task of uh, Barbara Davis, who I, I guess is a costume person or a, a puppet person. Um, she's the one who's credited as the special assistant to Miss Piggy at, in the credits at the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, so Frank's in the pool, and then Barbara Davis would come over to him in what he described as a boat and put the puppet on his hand. So um, because he was underwater and the puppet tends to sort of float around underwater, they had to make sure that the that Piggy was really secure on his hand so she would stay put. Um, for that shot, she pushed the puppet on his hand as usual, but the she had these sparklers. Piggy had these sparklers stuck into her <laughs> into her skull, which the ends of the right. sparklers then started digging into Frank's knuckles. So he's underwater. He can't actually talk to her, but I guess he's just gesturing or something, trying to indicate that that's what's happening. Like, no, 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 don't, don't push the puppet on me. And she mistook it as a request to push the puppet on more. So oh no! Then, yeah. No. So then, just just, just like these... when Kermit told Beauregard to not push him hard or whatever it is. Don't push me hard. What? Push me hard. Push me hard. Yeah. Yeah. So all of the ends of these uh, sparklers just digging further and further into Frank's uh, tender flesh. Man, that is horrifying. Yes, the hazards of being a puppeteer. Whew! Wow. So then, um, but you know what helps. You know what probably helps Frank Oz feel better? What's that? His buddy Jim Henson shows up because Kermit joins in. That's true. <laughs> right after that. Um, so you had some thoughts about Kermit here, Jared? Well, yeah, I was wondering because at one point while Charles and Kermit are on screen together, they almost look at each other at one point. And so I'm wondering, do you think they filmed them at the same time or do you think they filmed them separately? Hmm. Hmm. Well, they're both... In front of the same backdrop. From the same the backdrop. Same curtain. But yeah, at one point, Kermit sort of spins to look at him. Charles almost gives him a quick, you know, double take. And then they continue on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe that, might be that, right. that might have been the easiest way to do it so that they could sort of seem like they're interacting. Right. Just, this is what you, you know, get when you watch this two-minute clip <laughs> about ten times. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, many times. Yeah. So, also, that, but that yeah. makes me wonder if. No, it just makes me wonder if they weren't maybe going to have footage of them together, and then decided to do this instead or something. You know. Oh, like right. maybe they the, are against the, the same background. The curtain would be off to the side next to the pool, and they're both standing in front of it. Yeah, or or something. I I I don't know. Yeah, yeah, or it's just like a cutaway to the two of them singing or something. I don't know. Could have been. Yeah. Anyways, what Jared? I was gonna say, you know, is it meant to be a bit of a joke that Kermit doesn't sing anywhere near as well as Nikki Holiday? I because think so. Kermit comes on and he's got that sort of, you know. Kermity voice that doesn't really work for this sort of song. Also, that note is too high for him. K- Kermit's. That's what I was going to say is that his voice breaks immediately trying to hit that happiness, Miss Biggie, right? Yeah. Like, Jim Henson can sing better than that. Like, they would have given him a note he could hit <laughs> if they didn't want it to be a they joke. Certainly could have. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I feel like it must be an intentional joke because it's very funny. Makes me yes. laugh every time. Man, everything in this scene is funny. Yeah, this is a good movie. <laughs> it is. Yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more comedy to this scene than I originally thought there was going to be. Sure. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's one of those things where I th- like for me, the fact that it is sung by a chorus, and like P- Piggy doesn't sing in the song, Kermit sings very briefly at the end. Like, I don't think of it as a good Muppet song because it's not like I. I don't listen to this. You know, I, I don't right, put this on right. out of context ever, but like as a scene in the movie, the visuals are all great. <laughs> like it's very funny. I just don't think about it because the song is is kind of nothing to me. I don't know. <laughs> how many times, like, like the actual song? I mean, I, I don't think about it. How many times do you think they had to relight those sparklers on top of Piggy's head while they were recording this? Hmm. They yeah, they must have had several sets of sparklers standing by. I mean, also the thing we didn't even mention about that scene where she she pops up with the sparklers is that shot obviously must have been done backwards, right? Yeah, and there's so many swimmers in that, so they would all have to get the timing just right, and then the the puppet would also have to you know Piggy would have to get her timing right. So yeah, I bet they they had to do the sparklers many times. Yeah, but yeah, and and like there are definitely when you're really scrutinizing it. You can see a little bit like the splashes look reversed and everything, but oh yeah, yeah. Certainly when you're when you're watching the movie, you don't think about it, you know. No, until the very end, and you're like, oh wait a minute, did she just come out with the sparklers on fire, lit on her head? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, awesome! What a great movie. I do like going back to the lyric or the, the song itself, though. I do. It, I I agree that it doesn't really <laughs> work outside of the context of the scene. But I do think Joe Raposo did a great job of just this, I think I may have said this last week, but just very florid lyrics that don't really mean anything. Like this, daffodils, Miss Piggy, whippoorwills, Miss Piggy, happiness, Miss Piggy, one caress, Miss Piggy. It's just, it it kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything, but it's, it all goes so well with this uh, being Miss Piggy's dream about being the star of the world. Well, and I should say that despite what I said earlier, after I watched this clip at my lunch break today at school, I did have this song in my head for the rest of the day. There you go. And I was like walking around in the hallways singing like, all the world ever wanted was you a dream come true. <laughs> like, were you were you singing that out loud? I would say, I, yes, but I often sing out loud in the hallways because middle <laughs> school students don't notice or care. 
Sure. And like, like if they if they do, that's just like that's just Mr. Strand being weird. Who cares? You know? Like Yeah, no, I was the same. I was walking around making a coffee about, you know, forty five minutes before we actually started recording this, doing the same thing. And that exact same line as well. Well, I think that's the thing, is like once said Charles Groden or once Nikki Holiday starts singing, it's it's the most memorable part of the song. That really puts it in your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so anyways, that, that, that really does bring us to the end. Like we end here with, with Miss Piggy perched upon the top of her fountain where, where she will stay until next week. So, uh, before we go, any, any other final thoughts about these minutes, Jared, I'll start with you. Okay. We mentioned before, uh, the gag with the goldfish swimming while I was looking at my mm-hmm. notes, uh, oh, sorry, getting my notes ready for this podcast. I did find on Muppet Wiki, the Muppet Show fan club newsletter had this description of the filming of the scene. And at one point they go, uh, we tried to get a dolphin to direct this part, but only one goldfish answered the ad. So I'm wondering, is that, is that the goldfish that was meant to direct? Oh Uh man, I sure hope so. So the goldfish showed up trying to direct the movie and they were like, Oh no, sorry. We just filled that position, but uh, you can just, you can have a walk on cameo. Yeah. They then uh, later go, uh, that the conditions were tropical, so they tried to get a director who happened to be a monkey or a crocodile. One monkey applied, but he didn't like our terms, and the crocodile ate his agent on the way to the studio. That's pretty good. That's there's, a, there's a fun bit of comedy for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, did one thing that we haven't talked about on the show at all yet that actually means a lot to me and did when I was younger is: Did either of you guys ever read the Great Muppet Caper Making of the Masterpiece by by Ellis Weiner? Yeah, I, I, we haven't really gotten into that yet, but um, that's a no. yeah, that's, but, that's a very strange book. Well, the thing Jared just read reminds me a lot of that book, which is a completely made up behind the scenes making of the movie. Right. Like, um, I mean, it has some things in it that I think are like a little bit informative, but mostly it's like the director of the movie is named Stevens peeled bird, right? <laughs> which is like, a, which is like a pun that doesn't really even work. No. And it's just full of like all this nonsense that happens. Like it's, it's all about like the Muppets are real and here's the things yeah. that happened to them while they made this movie. Um, it's, a, it's very funny. Like it's it a is. good book that it's full of like great silly images that they clearly put a lot of effort into. Um, but it's such a weird thing that it exists. And I think this movie is the only one that it, they could have done it for, kind of. I, they definitely couldn't have done it for The Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm-mm. But anyways, uh, that just reminded me of that. So if anyone uh, wants to track down a copy of Great Muppet Caper, Making of the Masterpiece, I'd recommend it. It's yeah. fun. It's out there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to mention, so right after the goldfish shot, actually, there's a shot. Um, it's there are five swimmers underwater, and they sing "Happiness, Miss Piggy." And I think I just recently, within the last couple of years, became aware that there are two different versions of this. This is one of those weird changes that they made somewhere along the way. Um, I saw this movie uh, in in a theater i think it was actually projected on film so it was an older print at the museum of the moving image in new york and on that line when the the swimmer sang they sounded like they were underwater like you know like the the fish on peewee's playhouse Mm -hmm. kind of thing so it was like you know which is a lot funnier than just having them sing 
Yeah, they should have done normal that. voices here. So yeah. I don't know why in the world they would have changed that to have them sing in normal voices. And Are you sure that this isn't a Mandela effect situation? And you're just I misremembering it? I think from- I, re- I checked and read about it somewhere on the internet also. I yeah, well, I read about the movie... But- I read about the movie Shazam starring Sinbad too. So, oh yeah, what's your favorite scene? I like the part when Sinbad gives him a new pair of shoes. <laughs> That's a great part. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I should have cited a source for this, but I, I'm almost certain that that version exists, and it is funnier. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm it's glad, a very funny idea. I'm glad it exists purely for your impression of it, Ryan. That was very well done. wonderful thank you i've been practicing that has been worth coming on the podcast for in itself sure awesome (laughs) all right well in that case that brings us down to the end here we'll be back next week with another episode join us then um in the meantime you can check out toughpigs.com on the internet we have a Facebook page. We have a Twitter that you can follow. We're all over the place. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Jared, where can our listeners find you on the you internet? Find me at MuppetMindset.com. Uh, Twitter is Twitter.com slash MuppetMindset. Facebook is MuppetMindset. Basically, if you type in MuppetMindset to Google, you're going to find me. All right. And we be, we begrudgingly uh, recommend that our listeners do so. Can I interrupt you? I just found it on Muppet Wiki. Uh, under edits on the Muppet Wiki page for Great Muppet Caper, it says the underwater vocal... Oh, so this is um, after the... So everything starting with the 1993 video release. Uh, the underwater vocals during Piggy's Fantasy were also changed, originally having more of a gurgling effect. So there you have na- it. 1993, you said. Right. The VHS and what we're watching came from uh, like a 1999 or 2000 DVD release. So the so. trade-off is you don't get to hear the gargling, but you do get right. a free watch. And you can get a free watch. Did you say get a free watch? Yes, he said get a free watch. <laughs> I like to get a free watch. Okay. So um. let's all get a free watch. <laughs> I'm going home now. <laughs> and uh, join us next week for another episode of Moving Right Along goodbye 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 okay do you know about that commercial though Jerry no Oh, we probably should have explained it. There was a the, the Muppet, the first two Muppet movies came out on clamshell VHSs in 1993. Yep, and they came with a watch, a free watch, obviously. And there was a commercial with Frank Oz singing lyrics to the Muppet Show theme song about "Now you can get a free watch," and then it shows the crowd, and they say, "Did he say get a free watch?" <laughs> so I, I think the whole thing too was just like dubbed over existing footage from the yeah. movies. Oh, yeah, they didn't, so, yeah, Frank Oz was like in post-production on Indian in the Cupboard or something, and he took yeah, five right. seconds to record this thing in a booth. Right. Okay. I got those free watches. You got the free watch? I didn't, sure, yeah. I I didn't get a free watch. Uh.